Hey, I'm Dan, and if you're new to homebrewing, so am I. Welcome to my adventures in homebrewing. Everybody, it's Dan, and it's that time to go around the world one more time and have a beer or two along the way. Thanks a lot for coming out to uh, my adventures in home brewing. I uh, greatly appreciate it. I need to say thank you to Kathy for being on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, sorry, I haven't been up uh, posting uh, a couple of little things uh, kind of fell through the, the cracks, but I am back and I'm going to be talking about um, Berliner Weiss. Uh, but before that, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode with Kathy. I also hope you enjoyed their uh, live brew day on uh, YouTube or Zoom or whatever it is they used for the Canadian National Home Brew Day. It was an actually a really cool day. Uh, that day, uh, I was actually making a raspberry Berliner Weiss. It's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, the things that went right and what went wrong when I went to go try and do it again. So I will be sharing some uh, uh, some. Uh, images along the way and uh, we'll go from there so yeah it's it, it is quite the unique uh thing uh once we start getting del delving into things uh a couple other things uh i may be uh pausing the podcast for a little bit because i may be changing uh, uh the host platform i may be going from anchor to podbean because i do believe i will be able to do some live shows with them so uh stay tuned and um with if I go to Podbean, there's going to be times when you guys can actually call into the show and talk and be on the show as we as we go live. But that's not just yet. So anyway, thanks for coming out. Uh, and also in a little bit of, uh, uh, of house cleaning. Um, you guys have asked or at least I've had some people ask offline. Uh, we're going to be having Horse Dornbush come back at the end of this month, and we will be talking about the history of this great beer uh, a bit more. Uh, if you guys don't know, a Berliner Weiss is actually quite, uh, is, is, a, is a nice German beer. It is a nice sour wheat beer. It's actually quite light. It's quite effervescent, very refreshing. It's only about three and a half four percent maximum on the abv and it's usually between say maybe five and eight on the ibu uh, the ones i've made have all been in around the six to eight ibu and also at around three and a half percent on the abv really easy thing to make um at least the way i did it was um because i used two different yeast strains one the first one that worked out really well and it's because when I did it, the temperatures outside were fantastic for doing it. Um, it was, uh, I used uh, Lalaland's uh, Wild Brew Philly Sour uh, yeast. And all it was is I had to make my beer and everything else go along and not a problem whatsoever. So I'm going to just pause for a sec and then I'm going to share my screens screen so hang tight for a sec okay guys so we're back i just had to do a quick little little zoom magic shall we say a little podcast magic i had to go in there get some things ready to show you guys on the video so as we're going along um brew for this was going along really really well things went fantastic on both days um i hit all my numbers and it was really cool um but 
uh, from what I'm going to show you, you're going to see there's two different results, kind of what happened, um, which is partially my own fault for what I did. Um, but um, so first things first, let's sh let's share the screen, and uh, we're going to do that. Share the screen, and there we go. So as you can see with this, the one on the left of your screen right here, that's all kind of nice and red in the in the glass carboy was the first round that I did with the Lelemans uh, Wild Brew Philly Sour, uh, which is all the souring, everything else in that one packet and it went awesome. And it, I think where I had this beer fermenting, it was a little cooler than the one it needed. So it actually gave it a little bit of forgiveness and it was fantastic. I had some really cool things happening and um, it worked really well. I let it go for, for a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, I waited till I didn't see any activity inside that airlock, popped the airlock. Then I put in two bags worth of fro uh, pureed thawed frozen raspberries. And then I let it go for another week and a half. Then I put it all into bottles and bottle conditioned it and it worked out fantastic. But the flavor really wasn't quite what I wanted it to be. Such is life. It does happen. Not a big deal. Now, come forward a couple of weeks ago, it, we were like in the middle of a heat wave and I'm still brewing in my garage and everything else. I'm still waiting on parts for uh, my chilling uh for my glycol chiller to come and everything else. Um, if ever anyone here in Canada, if ever you're ordering through uh, AliExpress, um, be careful. Uh, I've been waiting almost a month and a half for parts to come from overseas, even though their tracking says that it's uh, en route. I only got notification from the courier service that it got picked up today to come over to Canada, which I should have it next week. Note to self, be, be mindful of these guys. So this beer here worked out fantastic. The flavor was fantastic. Um, but this one here, I love my guys at Escarpment Laboratories. I brutalized their yeast. That's my fault for what you're seeing of like this spooge mess. Um, what happened was is that we were in the middle of a heat wave last week or the week before. Um, I did my brewing. Everything was fantastic. I had that carboy right up against the coldest part inside my garage, right up against a cold wall. Uh, you touch the wall and it's cold uh, because of the air conditioning. And... Uh, things got too hot it got too hazy and everything else i pulled it inside uh, i didn't see any activity at all inside the airlock so i figured it had been done fermenting it was as hazy as all get out i was just like uh, i don't know what's going to happen but i took the chance uh what i had done was uh, through a company called aseptic uh, i had purchased a bunch of fruit purees and I figured this might be a way for me to make my life a little easier than having to uh, thaw the raspberry, pour it in, and let it do its thing. So I was kind of hoping things would make my life a little easier. I think I made my life uh, actually a little harder in the sense that 
uh, when I added this puree in, I don't think the yeast had been done fermenting out. I added in the yeast, which was roughly about four pounds worth of puree. And as you can see, it wasn't done fermenting out. It went nuts. It blew up all over the carboy. And uh, yeah, it went bad. And I had to dump it. So note the self, be mindful when you're doing things like this. And guys, if you're going to do this, what I would suggest that you do is that you make sure that um, if you're dealing with a sensitive yeast like this, you have something to maintain the temperature. I really should have had this inside the fermentation chamber just to make sure things were working properly. As you can see in the video or in the picture behind you, I actually do have two little fridges here. Um, this one here is initially for um, doing... Uh, ale fermentations and this one here is where i'm going to actually start doing lager fermentations uh during the winter mainly because during the winter it's a little hard to be brewing outside with the glycol chiller and once i bring everything inside for the for winter storage it is going to be a pain to try and get everything set up properly to do it inside so uh we're going to see what happens so with that said we are going to stop the sharing and you're going to get my lovely face back. So I hope everyone's doing great. I hope that kind of shows you the, like my adventure in making a Berliner. Uh, Berliners uh, are actually a really cool beer. Um, so what I'm going to do, um, I've actually do, been doing a little bit of research on this. And don't get me wrong. Uh, we're actually going to have Horst Dornbusch come back and give us a really more in-depth uh, history and understanding of uh, of Berliner Weisses, and which is actually going to be one of the things that I really look forward to because these are one of my favorite summer beers. Um, you don't necessarily get them during the winter because it's a refreshing beer, and during the winter you want the heavier stuff. So that's when I would have things like, say, my bourbon stouts and things like that. So uh, as you can guess, um, Berliner Weisses originated obviously in Germany around Berlin area, but there, um, there is a little discrepancy there because some people say it ha happened in northern Germany. Some people say it didn't happen in around Berlin. But from what I've been seeing and what I've been reading in all the books that I have, uh, one of my favorite books I'm going to show you right now, which is actually really cool, and Horst is actually one of the uh, one of the co-editors uh, for it, is this one here, the Oxford Companion to Beer by. Garrett Oliver, who is actually one of my beer heroes. So Mr. Oliver, uh, if you're seeing this, good on you. This is like a wealth of knowledge. Thank you for doing it. And also right here, Tom Colicchio. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's actually a pretty cool dude. Um, if you've ever seen this show called Top Chef down in the United States, I'm not sure if it's hosted by Bravo or anybody else like that, but um, he is one of the judges and hosts for this fantastic show where chefs put themselves through the ringer to be called top chef. And it is quite the, uh, quite the endeavor. Um, if you get a chance go check it out, if you ever get a chance to go down to Brooklyn brewery, uh, go check out uh, their beer. Um, I really like the Brooklyn lager. It's actually quite nice. Uh, Garrett, thank you very much for making this book. It's really cool. So I'm going to read a little bit of what he wrote 
uh, about Berliner Weisses. So hang on. A Berliner Weiss is a beer style originating from the region around Berlin, Germany, which developed gradually from around 17th to the 20th century. Its main character is a mild sourness and tartness with a light and fruity character, which led to the nickname the Champagne of the North. The origins are Berliner Weiss are murky at best. One theory holds that the Huguenots, French immigrants uh, to Berlin, in the early 18th century, developed the beer after migration, migrating through Flanders and picking up the techniques from uh, from brewing uh, brewers of Flanders brown and red ales. So, as you can see, there 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 is no clear, decisive uh, note to who actually started this. Some people it was migrants. Some people is actually the people in Germany. But we can say that it is a sour wheat beer. It is a mild sourness, which I attained with the Lalleman's uh, Wild Brew Philly Sour Ale Yeast. So um, in traditional means, I believe from what I've seen, it is very much like a decoction mash doing this. There's so many different ways to skin a cat. Um, I hope, guys... Um, you can give me some advice on doing this, uh, and especially the guys in the BrewTubers uh, that I just joined. Guys, thanks a lot for accepting me into the BrewTubers. I greatly appreciate it. Um, now there are some things that I don't know how to do properly, so hopefully you guys can actually give me some advice. Like, I've never mo monitored my pH levels. I really don't know how to do it. So do it. this is my first kick at the cat and making a sour beer. So give me some advice on how to do it, what to look for, whatnot. Um, and I hope that, you know, people aren't scared of trying new things. Uh, I usually go headlong into something in this learn by experience and just doing it. Um, what I've learned now is, is that if I, because I am going to be doing this again, and I actually have some really cool yeast coming from the guys at Escartner Laboratories, um, that this is going to be done inside the house where the temperature is maintained. It's going to be inside of a fermentation chamber to make sure that it's maintained at the correct temperature. And it's going to be done in a glass carboy because I don't want to contaminate any of the fermenters that I'm going to be using with my glycol chiller. Just that, I mean, we all know that once you use a wild yeast for souring, it is one of the things that it's extremely hard to get rid of inside of a fermenter. So uh, Berliner Weisses have not always been a low gravity beer. That's true. Depending on the region, sometimes they can be pretty high beers, but the ones that I enjoy are the ones that are the low ABV. Uh, some were brewed at normal gravities, then either consumed straight or watered down at the beer hall, either by uh, the house or by the by the consumer, uh, to cut uh, the very acidity levels. The addition of various syrups became popular over the years, with the most common uh, being bright green woodruff syrup or the bright red raspberry syrup. So. As you can see, the raspberry Berliner Weisses have been around quite a while. Um, there's different ways to do it. A lot of breweries that I know of, what they do is they'll make their Berliner and then they'll give you the option of adding a raspberry coulis. Uh, they'll add in a raspberry syrup or they'll actually brew it with the raspberries in it, which is what I did. So it is hard to actually put this beer in a box. Um, I hope. I hope 
I need guidance on those guys. I need you guys to tell me what I'm doing wrong. So this is actually a, quite a short episode this week. It's only 20 minutes. Thanks for coming out for a beer or two along the way. Let me know what you think about me changing over to to uh, a different podcast hoster where I could do maybe some live episodes where you guys can call in. Uh, it would be greatly appreciated. Brewtubers, let me know what I'm doing wrong. Anybody who sees this or uh, is listening to this, let me know what I'm doing wrong. If you're seeing this on, on YouTube, leave me some stuff down in the comments. If you're watching it on YouTube, like, subscribe, comment, share, and let me know what's going on. Guys, I'm Dan. Thanks a lot for coming along for the ride and a beer or two along the way on the short episode. Tune in. Uh, we have some really cool guests coming up on the show relatively soon. We have Zach from the Toronto Brewing Company, our Toronto Brewing, which is a great local homebrew store down in Toronto, which is about uh, four hours away from where I live. I've dealt with these guys quite a few times buying gear. They're fantastic people. And I'm gonna, like I've said, I'm going to have Horst Dornbush coming back. And who knows, maybe I'll be working on getting the boys from the homebrew happy hour back. So thanks a lot for coming along for the ride. I'm Dan, and we'll see you on the other side. Thank you.